bitten by a radioactive spider in the subway. Brooklyn teenager Miles Morales suddenly develops mysterious powers that transform him into the one and only Spider-Man. The one and only? I'm not finished yet. When he meets Peter Parker, he soon realizes that there are many others who share his special high-flying talents. Miles must now use his newfound skills to battle the evil Kingpin, a hulking madman who can open portals to other universes and pull different versions of Spider-Man into our world. As he's like screaming in excitement and elation over him like being able to do the things that he's now doing. Genius. Yeah, we like uh, created a tiny black hole. It's super unstable, but it disappears very quickly. Like, well, what, what if it doesn't? Don't worry, the black holes we're creating are very unstable. <laughs> and Noir Spider-Man is like, that's a pretty hardcore origin story. <laughs> Today we were talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, I love this movie. Uh, I have probably seen this movie at least two dozen times since it since it came out. <laughs> that's that's like twenty four. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. how math works by my count. Um, that's like four <laughs> for every Spider Man in the movie. Um, it, it's. I feel like there's so much about it. We're going to get into the details of it here in a second, but I feel like there's so much about this movie that just clicks right and is I, I, honestly one of my favorite versions of a Spider-Man story. Yeah, I, I think this is I think this is the best Spider-Man movie. Period. You know, of all the Tobey Maguire ones and the Garfield ones and the Holland ones, I think this is the best. This is the most original. Um, and we'll we'll get into the you know multiverse thing, but. Uh, I just the animation. I've never seen animation quite like this. The music plays really well with this. I don't even. I, I listen to the the soundtrack by itself later, and it it's not good without the visuals, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, but when it's with the visuals and the animation, uh, something magical happens. Uh, it just the the vibes that this movie gives off is uh, it's uh, it it's uh, it uh, it's pretty good. It's a great, it's so good, it's very good, it's very good. Yeah, this uh, it's a great, very good take, Riley. Very good take. Mm. I was gonna say uh, this might be my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. Also, uh, I love the first uh, Tom Holland joint. Was that Homecoming? I guess that mm. it, or whatever. Yeah. Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah, the Keaton joint where he. <laughs> Uh, continues his long history of playing bird-like villains or mm-hmm. heroes. Um, but yeah, it. no, it's I, I love everything about this film, too. Miles Morales is sick. Uh, a Spider-Man wearing Jordan 1s is fire. <laughs> and yeah. I'm sold. That's all you have to tell me, and I'm in on the, on the movie. So, uh, yeah, no. Uh, Nick, I, I'm sure you have a billion things to say about this movie. We've talked about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we because like we've we've talked about this movie already. We usually try to reserve our conversations about like specific movies that we intend to talk about on this podcast. But like this is one of those movies that I just I can't stop myself from talking about. And so I like we've we've discussed this in smaller conversations in the past. I I will say although this is probably my favorite Spider-Man movie as a whole. I don't know if I would say it's actually like the best Spider-Man movie flat out. Um, uh, yeah, I know that sounds kind of contradictory, but well, I hate you. <laughs> listen yeah. to me for a second. <laughs> I think this is the best origin story 
we've ever gotten for Spider-Man. Well, you get like seven oh, of them. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, and there, there's a couple of reasons that I think that specifically, and I, I'll just dive into uh, one of the one of the reasons why I feel that way is that I feel like the whole movie is building towards Miles becoming Spider-Man, where every other movie just kind of like he be, he's got bit by a spider. And then we have some sort of like montage or jump to the future where he is now Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They they don't they don't build on the whole concept of like what it means to become a superhero, what it means to become Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the what this movie does really well is like hammer home the weight of the responsibility. Like every other movie talks about you know great power comes great responsibility. That's always the uh, the line that comes up in these Spider-Man movies. Uh, and that's because it's, it's, a, it's a good line and it sells that point very well. But outside of that line, we rarely get like it, like really hammered home in a way that's like the main theme of the movie. And I feel like that's exactly what we get here. Yeah, I like, I like that argument because that argument also argues against Star Wars 7, which, <laughs> good job, Nick, keep that up, baby. <laughs> I like all that. Uh, so if this, uh, you know, what's uh, what's this movie's competition for the best Spider-Man movie, Nick? Is is there another one where you're like, yeah, maybe this one is? Um, I I, I really like the way Homecoming, you know, comes mm. together. I feel like it does a better job because it just skips the origin story. You know mm. how how he became spider-man you know the whole uncle ben storyline like we don't need to rehash all of that um and that's part probably part of the reason why into the spider-verse feels so fresh is that like we're getting an origin story but we don't have to rehash all of the uncle ben storyline you know the Mm -hmm. the same story that we've seen over and over again so I'm, i'm sure that plays into it you know is is that it just keeps that part fresh but what uh, homecoming does that i really like uh, is that it just jumps right into spider-man being spider-man um mm-hmm. you know it has the advantage of being part of the mcu and already having a universe to build on so you don't have to inter- introduce the whole universe to us and since we have a pseudo father figure in tony stark we don't need the uncle ben storyline because mm-hmm. into with a, a homecoming it's more him like grappling with like growing up and like you know taking taking on responsibility as a as like you know trying to move forward with your life and trying to become the person you want to be like i feel like it captures that like kind of spirit from when you're in high school especially when you start getting towards the end of high school you're like i just want to hurry up and jump to the you know the the second act of my life now Mm -hmm. i i'm done with this whole like going to school and like you know going to school and being the like the kid around and just like i'm ready to be the adult i want more responsibility i want to become uh, start really becoming the person i'm going to be as an adult and that's kind of the struggles that peter goes through in homecoming and like his arc is coming to the realization that like i don't need to hurry up and jump to that point in my life the things that i'm doing right now matter and I just need to make sure that uh, I'm making all of this stuff count in the moment that I'm in right now. And that's kind of like his arc in there. Whereas Miles in Into the Spider-Verse, 
his arc is more like seeing what the responsibility of being a hero is and trying to be able to take that on. And he has, you know, times where he doubts himself and like he doesn't know if he's capable of, you know, taking on responsibility or being able to uh, basically being strong enough to like stand up to all the things that's happened that, that happened to him throughout the movie. And, you know, every single thing that comes up along the way ends up leading to what I think is probably the best, like, becoming Spider-Man sequence in any yeah. of the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Um, it's it's so just... Badass. And, like, uh, I'm kind of jumping, jumping towards the uh, end of the movie a little bit, but uh, it's just, in my opinion, my favorite part of the movie um, I'm going to say that one of the places I feel like this movie does really excel is the like character moments that are just like mm. you, the, the, the personalities that all of these people have. It, like it feels very lived in. Um, I love Peter B. Parker. Yeah. Uh, he's the, he, he's my Spider-Man. He's, he's, he's kind of he's schlubby. Yeah. He's a slob. Um, you know, he's the Nick most Miller. relatable. It's the literally most... if if Nick Miller was a superhero, <laughs> this is it. I mean, exactly. the, the, even Jake Johnson playing the part, but it's it's the best Spider-Man. I love that one too, man. He yeah. absolutely kills me. I love um, any time that they like kind of change the dynamic of a superhero. Like, uh, you know, this superhero is not completely altruistic and perfect and lives up to every expectation and standard. Uh, the Peter B. Parker is just a He's just an average guy, you know, he's, and he's uh, just, he's just, he's just going through the motions. A normal 40 year old dude who, you know, lost his wife, uh, lost the passion of a relationship and is now trying to figure out what to do next. It's fantastic. Kind of lost his he's, passion for everything. Really life in yeah. general. Yeah. yeah. Life. Um, and it's like the thing the what I love about that character though, is that whenever he puts on the mask, he still just becomes Spider-Man. Like at this. his core, he's still Spider-Man. Yeah. He still handles business whenever he has to, but he's like much older than we're used to with a Spider-Man character. And he's much more cynical than we're used to uh, with a Spider-Man character. And so I, I just kind of love the way that plays, especially against Miles's kind of, not, not necessarily uh, being naive, but just inexperienced and kind of wide-eyed yeah. and... You know, very fresh to the Spider-Man world, where he's being taught by someone who's really been beaten down by the Spider-Man role over his lifetime, and it's just taken mm -hmm. a huge toll on him. When we first get introduced to Miles, and he's just like singing along to a song that he doesn't really know all of the lyrics to, mm -hmm. and so he's just like he starts like with the chorus, and then he like falls off, and he's just like. And just like, you know, doing some weird vocalization to like match the tune. Um, that, that's one of those things that like draws you into the character because it's like everyone does that, you know, yeah. especially when you're like alone by yourself, either in your room, driving in your car, whatever you're doing, like yeah. you're singing along to something. You don't know a certain part of the lyrics. And so you just like mutter your way through it and get back to the part that you know and you're like really energetic to sing along with. Um, that's why I do on the podcast. <laughs> um, or uh, 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 when um, Miles and Peter B. Parker are breaking into Doc Ock's lab mm -hmm. uh, and they're like, 
Peter crawls in there and he's perfectly fine. He's working on the computer and then Miles tries to do the same thing and he gets stuck on the lights and he's trying to get off of there. And uh, Peter, Par- Peter B. Parker is like, no, just calm down. Relax. Like, you have to relax your fingers. Just be in the moment. And Miles' response is, I'm in the moment. It's a terrible moment. <laughs> <laughs> this, this all sucks. <laughs> it's just like the the like personality that pops out of the characters during all of these lines. Like that could have just been like a straight serious moment where he's like, you have to relax. We're going to be caught. But it's like, they, you know, fit those little jokes in here and there. And it just makes the characters feel more real. And I feel like it plays a lot better to the Spider-Man, uh, you know, caricature that we get a lot in media where it's like, he's, he's, he wisecracks. He, you know, isn't just like a straight shooter. He's always, and that's uh, one of the things that we get from, uh, I'm going to call him Spider-Man Prime. He's our main Spider-Man. Right. Our first Spider-Man that we see. Spider-Man um, Pine. Chris Pine. Wow. That, yeah. That's something. Mm. You did something there. Um, <laughs> he's like, you know, while he's fighting Prowler, he's like, are you mad at me? I feel like you're mad at me. Yeah. And he's <laughs> just like just wisecracking his whole way through it. And I've that carries like true through all the versions of Spider-Man that we get in this uh, movie. And I just, I love it. Uh, I love how uh, all the Spider-People like play together and they just play off of each other. Um, like the, not to say that this movie doesn't have those moments where it hits the, the like the heartstrings, right? But oh, it does. Those, those other moments uh, where it's just like funny, wacky stuff in between. Like uh, when uh, Miles is still trying to like figure out his powers and before they break into Doc Ock's lab and he's like upset that he has to be the lookout and he just like reaches over and smacks his arm against the rock and the rock breaks. He's like, oh, that's new. Yeah. <laughs> because he has no idea what he's capable of. Um, just th- those kind of moments are what really, like really highlight uh, the characters. And, you know, it's one of those things that I just, I love. And I feel like every time you like come back to the movie, you can pick up on another one of those little characters characteristics that like you know everybody brings to each conversation throughout the movie um or uh, uh the part when they're coming up with a plan on how to break into the the lab and peter b parker is like first i infiltrate then i find the head scientist oh, yeah. and hack into his laptop and he's like oh it's actually that lady with the bike and he's like step number three i re- re-examine my personal biases <laughs> <laughs> All part of the plan. <laughs> I want to talk about fall. a potential plot hole. Oh, here uh, we go. Oh! Here we go. Uh, so, when Gwen comes into Miles's universe, she also gets mm-hmm. thrown back in time a week. So, uh, mm. Because when we first meet her, it's before the accelerator exploded. Mm-hmm. Oh, she, right. She's in one of Miles's classes. Mm hmm. And her reasoning for going to Miles's school is that her spider sense told her to go to his school and she didn't know why. But he's not Spider-Man yet. He doesn't have any of his powers. That was before he even got bit by the spider. So why would her spider sense tell her to go seek out that school? So she has like psychic abilities, not even spider sense. Like, yeah, like from, from my understanding of a spider sense, that's that's a very different thing than what she was able to pull off with hers. Yeah, so that that's the question that I'm kind of wondering is that is like her spider sense just like 
more heightenedly developed or it's like it works differently than everybody else's spider sense i don't know it it, it might be i mean it, like each of them have kind of a uh you know a, a special skill of some kind so maybe hers is uh you and know. the the uh like the japanese animation spider-man that had the robot uh spider uh, she had a psych psychic ability uh to like communicate with the robot so oh, yeah, yeah yeah that's right mm -hmm. no she, i guess i don't a, know uh guess the other one does too to the the spider inside the mm -hmm. robot mm -hmm. yeah. yeah normal stuff yeah yeah it's you've never had a psychic connection with a a spider that controls a giant <laughs> mech suit <laughs> i would rather not talk about it <laughs> It's like uh, very sensitive I'm time. In my, my life. personal life, for, mm. uh, away from the podcast. I don't. Yeah, I don't air on my business <laughs> on the podcast. No one wants to hear that. Uh, besides Miles, is is Peter B. Parker? You guys' favorite Spider-Man? By of far, the uh, best of all time. I, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think so too. And I feel like he's the closest to like. Uh, uh, I, I the way I see him is kind of like uh, the Tobey Maguire uh, mm -hmm. Spider-Man. Like this is just him. Like like Tobey now. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. like twenty years from where we last saw him, this is what he turned into. <laughs> just jaded, super jaded from the industry and everything. He's, <laughs> he's like the paper business sucks. He's like media today is not what it used to be. The jobs Spider-Man is not what it used to be. That would be incredible if, if, if he came back now and uh, just did it. Didn't even like work out for it. Just kind of. In big gut. Yeah. Sweats, yeah. Wearing sweats over the costume. Yeah. I, I That's would, the. I would absolutely I, love if they did a live action Spider-Verse like storyline yeah, I mean, in the MCU and brought it, in some of the old people who played Spider-Man. There's just been rumors. All back. There's a lot back. of rumors of it. I would love it. They've yeah. already established the multiverse in the MCU. It wouldn't be that big of a and thing to. That, that's the thing, and and that's where this is going. And and this movie really kind of paved the way for that. You know, like I, I think the success of this movie really convinced the MCU that they can do that. And DC is doing it too. The Arrowverse and the you know whatever their extended uh, multiverse. So yeah, I think this movie is pretty influential in that way. These man, they're smart. They're like, how do we find a loophole so where we can just get all of our characters on the screen at the same time? It's like the yeah. multiverse thing. We it's got it. it's it's the logical I'm all in next for it. Step. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all like, good. It's great. It's fantastic. Because like they're they run out of heroes at a certain point, so it's like okay, let's just get different versions of these heroes. You know, like and like let's have, uh, a Tom Cruise, Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, if you think about like also how much. Rob Time. Schneider Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like the spider pig uh, Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> like, like how much time and like uh, uh, how many different movies went into at this point setting up the MCU, like building this universe so far. And then once mm. they introduce the multiverse, they can like now retroactively include like all of the X-Men movies and like all that different stuff. It's like, these people are just from a different universe. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's like it, the, the possibilities are like legitimately endless. Like we could see a professor Holt going up against, you know, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine 
Uh, <laughs> Rob Schneider's fight, Wolverine to, or yeah. Rob Schneider's Wolverine. I feel like he would get <laughs> crushed pretty quick by <laughs> by by Hugh Jackman, the huge jacked man. Uh, uh, so uh, I I thought this was the case. I had to look it up to be sure. But the the guy who's directing the new Doctor Strange movie, uh, which is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So that seems mm-hmm. to be what's going to kick off this multiverse. Uh, the director is Sam Raimi, who okay. also directed yes. the original Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so Doctor Strange is going to beat up Toby. I I hope so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just puts the spurs to the boy real bad. Poor Toby just out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. I think isn't that supposed to be a horror joint? Actually, I think that is supposed to be like a kind of a horror themed movie. Um, I don't know, which is super cool if they're like going in and out of different genres and stuff. Uh, yeah, doing you know kind of opening up the the way they're telling their stories. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I that's the kind of stuff I want to see. I want to see it get real weird in, yeah. <laughs> in those movies. Like let's let's pu- keep pushing the envelope more and more. Um, mm-hmm. Because like having a pig like, in a Spider-Man movie, yeah. The, the with the way they've set everything up is they've made it so literally any storyline is now possible. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah. let's just let's just see them play. I just want to see them play with the rules of this universe a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, that's I feel like where it's like hitting its stride. Like, I feel like the whole like interconnected universe thing for the MCU. Uh, like was novel when it first came out like having so many different movies connected in one universe and i felt like they rode that for a little while like at least through phase one of the the mcu they just kind of rode through like oh look at all these different characters from different movies now interacting in one movie yeah um and then they started to like kind of build the lore a little bit more as they went on but i feel like not until we really got like uh guardians of the galaxy maybe did we like start really seeing how vast and big the mcu actually is with them Mm -hmm. like traveling around space like we had thor that talked about the nine realms that we like got to see little glimpses of but they only talked about nine realms that were like under the protection of asgard but there's like still a whole universe full of other life and people. And it's like, you know, Thanos was able to go around and destroy whole other planets of people that existed outside of, you know, Asgard's nine realms and Asgard never got involved because that wasn't, it wasn't their business. You know what I mean? And so like, until it was, until it was. And then by that point it was too late. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and and then like once Doctor Strange came and it's like you had this whole like because like Thor touched on magic, but it very clearly tried to define magic as just like super advanced science that we don't understand. And then once Doctor Strange came, it's like, okay, that's still kind of the case, but magic is still just kind of magic also. Yeah. Like tech can get to a point where it's strong enough to interact with this magic that Doctor Strange is using, but it's still like the way he's interacting with it is magic, <laughs> basically. Just the way they kind of build the universe up, like they they didn't really start playing with 
the kind of the rules of the universe, I feel like, until Guardians of the Galaxy and then Doctor mm-hmm. Strange. And now I just want them to keep pushing that envelope forward. And uh, and, and we have uh, we have WandaVision coming soon, yeah. too. And that's I've, I've seen two trailers of that, and I still don't know what they're doing <laughs> yeah. with that exactly. I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to I'm going to wait till after that comes out. I'm going to get Disney Plus for one month. I'm going to binge watch the whole thing and then cancel yeah. the subscription. Yeah, <laughs> I just be out here hating on Wanda big time. Oh my god, what oh, a boring character. Oh, they're, they're, they're the two worst any, characters. <laughs> you're gonna give me content with those fool? Oh, whatever. Okay. So like, All right. I think that the reason why they're the worst characters is because they're the most powerful they beings suck. on Earth. Yeah, and right. they like, suck. How do and we they use do nothing them? with them? We basically have Superman and then like a witch with telekinetic, like limitless telekinetic powers. Yeah. Like, and that's fine if you have some personality, but oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And it's like also the uh, yeah when when you are super o- overpowered and your powers are like mind bending things, it's also pretty boring to watch. You know, when you have a guy yeah. like Captain America, it's like sure. he's not as powerful, but he has to run up on fools and beat him up with his hands, which is a lot more interesting to watch than uh, someone that's just going yeah. <laughs> like cgi explodes your face <laughs> yeah she just they're just moving their hands around it's kind of i don't know it's just not as exciting it's not as cool and the characters are just kind of they're boring they're, they're, yeah. that's all it is they're boring but uh it they'll probably they'll probably make it cool i don't know i don't want to like yeah, I, super hard before I, I see it, but they're trash. <laughs> I I have a lot of uh, yeah. I, I I think this is gonna be really good. I have a lot of hope for this. I think uh, I think it's gonna be good. Uh, Elizabeth, oh, you Olsen lost me. Is, she is a very good actress, so I, I haven't given up on her yet. I think it's just the writing for her character has been shitty. So yeah, I think yeah. both actors are really good. Yeah, I, I just yeah. feel like they haven't given them much to work with so far. Totally. And yeah. so, like, that, that's what I'm ho- mostly hopeful for I, is that, I, like, since it's just them solo, they get more space to just explore exactly. the characters, bring more to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's going to be really entertaining, even though they've never <laughs> given us one semblance of entertainment so far. Yeah, no, this is it, baby. This is it. I have I have a feeling like, I'm, I'm, I'm buying stock in, in, in Wanda mm, and Vision because like, uh, the stock is low yeah. right now. It's like me after Vladdy Divic passed on Doncic. It's like, yeah, no, he's gonna figure it out, guys. He's gonna figure it out. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe uh-huh. it was a he's good thing. He's gonna do it. He's gonna yeah. do it. I swear to God, he's gonna. Do... <laughs> I'm just gonna keep hating. That's gonna be my bit. Now. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to go on record that I think it's it's gonna be really good. Mm-hmm. I'm I gonna think go on record and saying like... it's gonna be absolutely garbage. <laughs> I can't wait to do the review on that, and uh, we could argue. I don't know, man. I don't know. He just kind of shot things out of his forehead. I don't know. Um, were we talking about it? Oh, I think we talked about it before the podcast. Uh, Miles's uncle, Aaron, giving him really terrible like pickup advice mm. uh, <laughs> how to like come up to hey. come up to ladies, and he's like, "The hey. first thing you want to do is touch them without their permission." <laughs> and then so introduce guys, yourself great advice. without saying your name just say hey mm-hmm. especially <laughs> then, when the the conversation's already started yeah that's when you want to do the yeah, exactly. hey. yeah. <laughs> like it's right while she's person. in the middle of a sentence just like interrupt her and hey mm-hmm. it's like, oh mm-hmm. okay cool it's like after um, you've talked for 20 minutes that's when you do <laughs> hey that's, that's when you introduce yourself all of a sudden it's the move um in that scene 
this is like right after he gets bit by the spider. It's like the next mm-hmm. morning. And so he's already starting to make the transition into Spider-Man. He's starting to develop his powers. And so she knows he's Spider-Man at this point. Or he has Spider-Man powers at this point. Um, because, like, uh, I, I forget exactly what the line is. But he talks to her about how they're both new students there. And he's like, yeah, so we have that in common. She's like, yeah, that's one thing. <laughs> like she's like her spider sense is already telling her that like oh, you, you have spy, you're having spider powers. <laughs> and uh, then when he goes to do the shoulder touch and his hand sticks to her and then sticks to her hair and he's like trying to get his hand out, she's telling him you just need to relax. Like she's trying to mm-hmm. tell, give him advice on like, how to use his powers like you just need to relax and your hand will let go but he's like so in the moment and like freaking out that he like doesn't understand and she's obviously not explicitly telling him hey you how you turn off your spider-man sticky powers is you have to relax but i mean that that's basically what she's trying to tell tell him and it's before we're officially introduced to her as a spider person um it's puberty but uh I'm going to go ahead and talk about the the becoming Spider-Man scene now uh, because that uh, has a direct tie in to the very beginning of that, the, that sequence um, uh, when he's going over in his head, what Peter B. Parker was talking about and telling him it's a leap of faith. He has to just do it. And, you know, you know, when, He's ready. It'll everything will come together. Everything will click, and uh, he's like standing on the side of the building, holding on Neat. with his sticky hands, and he doesn't relax when he goes to jump off the side of the building. Like he pulls the glass with him, he shatters the window because he's still incredibly nervous and freaking out about it, yeah. but he still knows he has to take that leap of faith, become Spider Man. Um, and just that visual storytelling is like so good. So much about this sequence is just mwah, chef's kiss. It's 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 beautiful. <laughs> After he jumps off the building and he's starting to fall down, and we get the f- frame flipped upside down. So he's as he's falling, it appears like he's ascending to becoming Spider-Man. Yeah, can't um, stop me now. And then the, there's. Oh, yeah. The, a couple shots after that where he's swinging and he's flying up into the frame with annotation text like following behind him which is a like a callback to the first time he tried to jump off of a building with his spider-man powers and he's falling to the ground screaming with a similar annotation following him uh, mm. but now we have the flip of that as he's like screaming in excitement and elation over him, mm. like being able to do the things that he's now doing. Genius. And, yeah. It, it's so good. Like I will legitimately just like sometimes look up that scene on YouTube and just watch that scene. Mm. Um, I, I've, I've done that mm. a few times because it's just, it's such a good part and it's my favorite, like becoming Spider-Man, the like, you know, full realization of who he's meant to be moment. Um, we have those in. We have that in the uh, the the original Raimi Spider-Man, um, but it's more just like like once he moves to the city, and then we have like a montage of just like Spider-Man doing Spider-Man things, and then all of a sudden it's like boom, you have a fully realized Spider-Man. 
Um, same thing that happens in the the uh, what's his name Andrew Garfield uh, what the hell uh, Spider Man. Um, uh, yeah, I know. I don't know about that. I don't think <laughs> Where those it's like, happened. It's a montage of him building a costume, and then all of it a sudden, went from oh, Toby to Tom. Yeah, it went from Toby to Tom. That's definitely yeah. how we're going to remember that. And like, you know, I don't, I don't hold it against the the Tom Holland Spider Man because that wasn't the point of that Spider Man. It wasn't him. It wasn't a story about him becoming Spider Man. It was about him deciding what type of hero he wants to be. Um, and like what kind of person he wants to become. I, I firmly stand by this is the best becoming Spider-Man moment in any of the movies and the best origin story for a Spider-Man. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I saw this movie in theaters by myself and that scene, uh, it, it gave me some goosebumps and I'm a grown man. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that says about me, but it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got the goosies. Dude, my I, Miles Morales is sick, dude. He's just he's so cool. Like he's it's the the two Spider Mans in this movie are like my two favorite Spider Mans of all time, pretty much. Uh, it really are. The, I love Tom Holland's uh, Spider Man a lot, but the, that'd be my top three. So we need Tom Holland in this joint. I I like I really like Tom Holland's Spider Man because it was the first time I felt like we got an actual like youthful. kid of a spider-man you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like all the spider-man origin stories start Mm -hmm. when he's in high school but we've rarely actually gotten a kid with like high school uh uh like you know high school problems and high school like line of thinking because it's like the the way that i'm going to respond to a problem when i was in high school versus the way i'm going to respond to it as an adult are two completely (laughs) different scenarios um, yeah, and yeah. I feel like we get the high school version of like, what if you were in high school and all of a sudden you got superpowers? I feel yeah. like that was the first time that that illustrated that point for me. I'd be so annoying. Oh my <laughs> God. I've been unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hey guys, you see, I, I can do this. And they're like, Oh my God, he doesn't stop. <laughs> but he also, kinda, quit. he also kind of does that. The Tom Holland one where he's like, uh, sitting on top of the building and the guy with the hot dog cart is like, Hey Spider Man, do a flip for me. And so he actually does a backflip for him. And he's like, Yeah, I can do that. Ain't no problem. Like, All right, have a good day. <laughs> but he, he's and, a he's a better oh, sorry, right, go ahead. No, go ahead. I no, he had on that. I was say he's he's a much better person than I would have been though, because uh, <laughs> in in like Civil War, uh, I think it is when uh, Stark is talking to him and he was like he was like, I'd love to play football, but I didn't before, so I shouldn't now. No, I'd be the star running back in the entire nation, dog. Yeah, you think anyone's ever tackling me? Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm going to NFL, baby, and I'm, I'm getting 4,000 yards in like six games. It's nothing. <laughs> I was going to say that like, in seeing Tobey Maguire in high school uh, in Spider-Man, that didn't really work. Yeah. Like, he looks like he's pushing 30 and he's like fighting other high schoolers. It's weird. Other high schoolers that are like 30 or 40 years old. But they looked old too. So yeah, I guess, I guess that makes it work. That doesn't. Yeah. Um, uh, why would Fisk build a giant collider under his building in downtown, like in Brooklyn? 
<laughs> um, like he, he had it built under Fisk Tower in the middle of like the biggest, most like dense city in the world. One of the most dense cities in the mm-hmm. world. Now, like, just from a logistical standpoint, never mind the fact that you're trying to bring your family through to, like, live with your family. And I think he lives at Fisk Tower. Like, I'm pretty sure. Fair to assume. Um, So, like, why would you build this thing under the house where you're trying to bring your family back to? (laughs) But also, like, just from a logistical standpoint, how many, like, supply trucks and manpower and like excavation teams that you needed to like clear out the space underneath like that's the one <laughs> that takes forever fool like why would you choose to do this in a metropolitan area why not go to upstate and build this thing why not go to mm. wyoming where there is no spider-man yeah. and build this <laughs> Just do it where you have do it where you have the lab where they had to go upstate for. Yeah, they exactly. literally went upstate to a lab yeah. in the movie. You under that bitch, and yeah. he's out there. Like you, can, you have all the land in the world out there. What are you doing? He's like, no, uh-uh, Brooklyn, gotta do it right under. And it's like, like a lot of the time, fights between like Fisk and Spider-Man are like Fisk thinks he's like, you know, some sort of savior of the city is like the way he frames himself a lot of the time in storylines. Um, and Spider-Man's like actually trying to save the city from him. But like in this one, he's not trying to go after the city. He's not trying to like impose his will on the city. All he's trying to do is get his family back. And so it's like, it serves no purpose from a story standpoint to have him in the middle of the city, other than like you have this big climactic battle and it gives more stakes for the heroes to like come and solve this problem. And well, also like, in his defense, if something goes wrong with that collider, it could just ruin, you know, everything. everything it doesn't matter. True. Not just New York City, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what scares know. me about the one in Sweden that they have. We really need to shut that down. I don't know. <laughs> Stay woke. As far as ways to go, like the entire universe just being disappeared in like the blink of an eye or sucked into a black hole. Uh, yeah, that's the yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, we'd <laughs> all go like, together. That it's, like it's, it's done. It's mm. like, you know, somebody just pressed the, the power button on the, the screen and now yeah. we're all yeah. just gone. <laughs> yeah, that's that thing scares the hell out of me. It actually does. Every time like you read about it, it's like, yeah, we like uh, created a tiny black hole. It's super unstable, but it disappears very quickly. Like, well, what, what if it doesn't? <laughs> Don't worry. The black holes we're creating are very unstable. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. They disappear, or they're gonna make all of us disappear. It's one of the two. Okay, I I have I have a gripe about some of the Spider Men. Um, oh, Spider Man? The Spider Man? I want to. I want to get to that in just a second. Before Jamaican I talk about Spider-Man. that, when the, when they're all like, uh, you know, trying to see if Miles is actually up to the task. They beat his uh, ass of, like of a gang, a gang Spider-Man. initiation. Yeah, that's well, tight. There's that scene. There's the scene that comes right after, or a little bit after, when they're in Miles's like room at school, mm-hmm. and like everyone's waiting outside the window, and Peter B. Parker is like, "You, this is your moment right now. Prove to me that you can come into battle with us, and we'll let you come." And everybody's outside the window, and it feels like everybody's still rooting for him to like be that person to like become Spider-Man and be able to, cause they've all been through their moment. You know, they've all been tested and become spider people 
on the other side. And Miles still hasn't gone through that moment. And so they're like, he hasn't had his moment yet. We can't trust him with this responsibility yet. He's not ready. But it never seems like they're like, like nobody's trying to just discount him and like throw him aside and be like, no, get out of here, kid. You're not ready yet. They're, they actively want him to like be that person. Um, but my gripe is the scene before that where they're like all testing him and beating the hell out of him uh, in the, the spider layer. Cave. Uh, spider cave. <laughs> There's also some of those moments where they're like, it seems like they're like trying to egg him on, like encourage him to like, be the person to like always get back up after you're knocked down. And that's like the whole purpose of them beating the shit out of him. But they're also like naming things like qualities of being a Spider-Man that are very specific to their version of being Spider-Man. Yeah. So like some of the, some of the things that they say is, can you rewire a mainframe while being shot at? Can you swing and flip with the grace of a trained dancer? Nope. <laughs> Can you close off your feelings so that you don't uh, mm-hmm. so you don't get crippled by the moral ambiguity of your violent actions? Yes, I can do that. <laughs> I can absolutely yeah. do that one. That's um, that's important to every Spider-Man. That's important that's, to every Spider-Man. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And then my favorite one though is: Can you float through the air when you smell a delicious pie? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, delicious pie. It's really cartoony all of a sudden out of nowhere. It's so good. It's and it's so like good. most of those are just like very specific circumstances that you it's bring like to being Spider-Man. It's not yeah. like a core quality of being Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> um, yeah, the Looney, the Looney Tunes ass uh, Spider-Man, you know, like, like I live in a different... They should do his own movie. Like they should, like what is his like one-on-one battles like? You know? <laughs> That's what I want to see. I, I do enjoy the big sledgehammer. He's yeah. he's like an easy way to bring in some levity into otherwise like you know tense scenes. It's a hammer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he like gives he gives him the hammer. He's like, it'll fit in your pocket. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in the movie is when he's about to like go back into the collider to like go home, and he's like. That's all, folks. <laughs> then, He's like, wait, can we, can we, can we run that? Yeah, like, Peter B. Parker in the background is like, can he say that? Like, legally? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, it, it just that line makes me laugh every single time I hear it. I can be in the yeah. other room while that scene is playing, and I'll just like barely hear it in the background, and it'll make me chuckle every single time. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> Um, also, another uh, couple of lines that I really, really love in this movie is uh, after Miles finds out that his uncle is the Prowler and he runs back to Aunt May's and he's like, my uncle, he's the Prowler. He's trying to kill me. And Noir Spider-Man is like, that's a pretty hardcore origin story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, after the whole like climax and miles takes down fisk he's and he's talking to his dad but he's like trying to use his deep voice and he's like thank you for your bravery tonight i love you and his dad's like wait what (laughs) (laughs) you you talked about plot holes earlier yeah oh i have a little one okay 
a little tiny one that can turn into a big black hole and destroy <laughs> us all if we think about it a little too much. Um, but at the party that uh, Kingpin is throwing uh, in like memorial of Spider-Man there at the end, uh, Mary Jane is there, like, you know, having a, a good time, it seems like, enjoying the dinner. But wouldn't she know who Kingpin is or that like her Spider-Man had beef with the Kingpin? It's, it's kind of weird to me that she would have absolutely yeah. no idea because they were married and everything. Yeah. I can understand if it was like a young Mary Jane who the Spider-Man hadn't told details about his life yet to her, but they were married and everything. So it's kind of hard for me yeah. to believe that she wouldn't know at all yeah. that they had no beef and she would just show up. It's definitely yeah. like apparent weird. that she knew he was Spider-Man. Like the way she's talking in public yes. and stuff, like she yeah. absolutely knew he was Spider-Man. And it's like, at that point, you're going to like tell her everything, right? Like that, that mm -hmm. seems like yeah. the way it should have gone. Or like bare minimum, he's going to say like, this guy sucks. Like yeah. this, you know, like we have, like, I'm trying to stop this guy or this guy is a plague on our city or I mean, he would have said something, you know? something uh maybe and i mean this is just taking liberties with what you know me, me trying to make up an excuse for her but maybe mary jane is playing fisk mm -hmm. and trying to get closer to him so that she can try and take him down okay okay on her own who knows um i mean that this that does seem in line with you know some versions of mary jane where she starts She's less of a the damsel, and she's more of like a, a active participant Detective, in this, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. you know, war on crime. Journalist, yeah. hardcore, a capital J journalist, um, trying to take down Fisk uh, in the public view. Yeah. All right, I can accept that. That's fine. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I like benefit of the doubts, except for that Wanda bullshit that's coming out soon. Hey, it's gonna be good. <laughs> Um, I do like how uh, uh, Penny Penny Parker is in her uh, like little you know mech suit that she and the Spider control. She just like has like snacks stashed around. Like anytime yeah. she's just like chilling in there, she's just like pulling out snacks from nowhere and just like doing her business on like the keyboard. And it's like that's that's the kind of Spider Man I would want to be. It's like I don't want to have to like exert myself as much as the other spider-men do yeah i just want to like drive this really cool robot around and be able to like eat snacks while i'm fighting bad guys <laughs> the, the batman spider-man yeah like i'm just rich I don't... <laughs> my dad built me this thing it's sick but she's she's building her new one it showed uh when they're like catching up with everybody in their own universes She's rebuilding her robot because mm. it got destroyed in their battle. Right. Um, that was like her like big emotional moment because like that was she lost her dad from her origin story. She had lost her dad and her dad was the one who built the robot. So that was mm. like her last like tangible connection, connection to her dad. And now she's rebuilding the robot herself. I feel like that, you know, lends itself to being like, you know, she's becoming closer in a different way to her dad by retracing his steps and you know finishing basically his work yeah I, yeah i guess i don't know i don't know no no that was good that's good it's good work 
if I again, I like if the... I'm just like making up my own storylines and then describing them yeah. to the the characters in the movie. <laughs> well, no, I think that's good because that's you know she's a pretty small character and even she has a pretty you know pretty solid arc. Yeah. Uh, do, do does Spider Man Noir or Spider Pig have uh, a, in much of an arc? I don't think so. Right? Uh, Spider Man Noir is really the best. Think so. Spider-Man Noir likes to punch Nazis. And Nazis, a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. A lot. I feel like that's all we really need to know about them. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah. You got that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. As long as there's someone out there punching Nazis, I'm cool. Um, it is a little weird, though, that he's like an American detective in the 30s running around beating up Nazis on American soil. Uh, let's see. It is, is hey, there's Nazis yet? everywhere. It's a, it's just a rolling up universe. There's no, glorious uh, bat. He's getting glorious bastarding it, and he's just running up on fools, and he like travels to Europe by himself, and just starts beating the shit out of Nazis. Um, there's cool. no Captain America in his in his universe, Ooh. and so uh, you know storylines got jumbled. Super Soldier turns into uh, you know Spider Man instead, so he uh, okay. okay, you know he's just punching Nazis now. Okay, that's cool, man. Right. They, they took over Europe. Now they're trying to come stateside, mm. and he's like, "Not on my yeah. watch." I'm no, gonna physically no, no. beat you up. I'm gonna just <laughs> there, punch you a lot. <laughs> there's an episode of one of the old Spider-Man cartoons where uh, uh, Spider-Man and Captain America are like fighting Nazis. So it's good it, stuff. Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah, a thing. It, it, it's always good. Yeah. Um, I feel like new R Spider-Man. His lore follows him around anywhere he goes. Yeah. It's like when we first see him, Peter B. Parker's like, where's the wind coming from? We're in a basement. And he's like, follows oh, wherever I go, I the wind follows. <laughs> and the wind smells like rain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, that guy's origin story. Yeah, he, he woke up in a swanky hotel with a dead hooker in his room for sure. And he had to figure out how it all happened. <laughs> He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't kill the hooker though. Oh, it was set up. It was set up. <laughs> He's a good guy. Um, I, I also really like how every individual universe has like its own, like very clear like animation aesthetic to it. Right. Um, yeah. So like clearly, Spider Ham is like very like Looney Tunes esque style animation uh you know noir spider-man it's like everything's very dark but it's more just like uh you know it's it's not as uh uh, what's the word i'm looking for monochromatic not as lively that's Uh, the uh, opposite of what i was said go ahead it is monochromatic and less lively there you go. That's what I mean to so say. We're, sure, that that we're works. Um, we and know then, like, You look at uh, like Wanda. Wanda. Boo! Gwen. <laughs> uh, you look at Gwen's universe, and everything has this like weird like sheen to it. Like like, uh, what are they called? There's like uh, like flares coming off of everything. Like color is bleeding off of everything in like uh-huh. like this like weird aura. Like you know, like Riley's camera right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Riley's the Gwen of our universe. It's like there's there's always something like everything has a glow to it, um, in in her universe. One thing that we uh, we kind of skipped over that I thought uh, is worth noting. Uh, we, we talk a lot about the, the comedy in the movie, and and that uh, you know really uh, uh, keeps I think keeps your interest throughout is is how funny it is. You know, 
Uh, but back to like the touching parts or the goosebumps kind of things is when uh, Peter Parker Pine uh, dies. Uh, and like, we can't really imagine what that is like, but I think that the way they show it's really cool. Like uh, Miles's parents seeing it on the news, like, oh, uh, Spider-Man is Peter Parker and he's dead. You know, and then it's like shows New York City. Everyone's on their phones reading this information and everybody's shocked. Like, like that's, you know, if Spider-Man existed, like that's how, I don't know. I, I thought it was really uh, accurate to how it would happen in, yeah. you know, modern time. And uh, and it's a really touching, sad part of the movie. Well, yeah, I mean, good. I feel like we do have like real life, uh, you know, parallels to that. Not necessarily in a Spider-Man, but in the way that like when big news breaks and it seems like everything kind of freezes for a moment while everybody like absorbs this information, even while you're like going through your everyday life, like you go to work and everyone's talking about it and there's just this underlying tone where everybody seems to be kind of in shock, I guess. Hell yeah. yeah. Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman RIP just died. And like, we all yeah. texted each other in the group thread, like, yo, damn, like, this is crazy. You know, yeah. like, it literally just about happened, it. you know? And, yeah. On TV, the news, sports channels, like everybody's talking about it. Uh, right. So yeah, they, they captured that well. You're right, right? That was, that was a good scene for sure. Damn, Peter Parker, 26. <laughs> um, <laughs> Young bull. So it's kind of a it's kind of a meta take, I think, on maybe the the storyline itself. But when we're first introduced to Peter B or Peter Pine, <laughs> um, he uh, is talking about how no matter how many times he gets knocked down, he always gets back up because he's Spider Man. Because there's no one else to do the job. Mm-hmm. But as soon as there is somebody else to do the job is when he doesn't get back up. He dies. (laughs) (laughs) And like he he even says like a part of it and they like break it with some levity in the scene where Miles comes down to him. He's like, are you all right? Can you get back up? And he's like, yeah, I can always get back up. And then he starts coughing. He's like, the coughing's not a good sign, though. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, Fist takes his mask off, and he's like, oh, that's a no-no. <laughs> and it's like, uh, even in the face of his own demise, he can't help himself but, like, crack-wise and, yeah. you know, be be the person that he is. But, yeah, yeah. like, the, that, I, I just thought that was, like, kind of an interesting thing. And it's, like, it's kind of a meta-take because it's, like, there's no, like in-world reason for him to like all of a sudden fail now on this one specific job but from a story perspective it makes sense for if there's only supposed to ever be one spider-man as Mm. soon as there's a second one there Mm. has to make there has to be room made for him yeah uh one thing about fisk real quick too uh i know he's always supposed to be like the large you know ultra strong dude but they made him the size of a two-story house yeah. in this movie he's like way bigger than anybody else yeah. and uh i get that's what it's supposed to be but it's by proportionally it's pretty the scale is kind of tipped it's incredible in this film. yeah yeah the, the, i am big as fuck the family <laughs> picture of fisk and his his wife and kid where it's like he's the whole frame and then they're just like these two little <laughs> pillars in front yeah. of him <laughs> Like, oh my god 
and his head is like set in the middle of his body, not up on his shoulders. <laughs> yeah, his head, his, he's it's, got the Barry Bonds thing going on. His head is the same size as Miles's was, but the rest of his body is just yeah, and absurd. He like yeah, he's always been like big and strong, but like I, I I guess I'd never really thought of him as being like supernaturally strong, like being strong, be like in the way that Spider Man is super strong. Like, Fisk mm-hmm. is supposed to just be a dude, right? Like, yeah, he's supposed to be stronger than your average guy, but he's just supposed to be a big guy. He doesn't have superpowers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Superpower strength. Yeah, he's supposed to be able to kick your ass, but he's not supposed to be able to, like, pound Superman once, or, or Superman, Spider-Man once, and he just, the entire ripped cage blows up and he's dead. <laughs> or, like, there's a part Take where a he's fighting Miles, and he, like, legitimately punches through the metal of the side of the train car and like grabs miles by the head and rips him back through. And it's like, that is superhuman strength. Like yeah. I don't get how big you are. If you're able to punch through the steel chassis of a subway car, <laughs> it's time to play everyone's favorite game. Were you paying attention? Alrighty, gentlemen, there are 10 questions on the board with an additional bonus round at the very end. Um, This is how the game works. I have composed questions uh, from details of this movie that we have just been talking about. Uh, Each question will be worth one point. Uh, You can chime in with the buzzword at any moment as soon as you know the answer. If you get the answer wrong after you, you make your attempt... Uh, then the other person will have a chance to be able to uh, answer the question and steal the points. Also, if you chime in before I give you the multiple choice, because these are multiple choice questions, the other person can still hear the multiple choice. Uh, yeah, so that's a roll. Peter I, I, Pine, the buzzword? Peter Pine? Peter Pine. Peter, Peter Pine. Pine. Peter Pine. That was the quickest one we ever came up with. <laughs> like it. I like fumbling for three to four minutes trying to figure out the word. <laughs> um, for the bonus round, do both of you have something to write with and or on? Yeah, yes. but I'm not going to need it because I'm going to get everything right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Question number one, gentlemen. Here we go. What is the name of Miles's new school? Multiple choice. Uh, is it A... Brooklyn Visions Academy? Is it Brooklyn. B, Elite Academy? Or is it C, Advanced Academic? Peter, Peter Pine. Peter Pine. I think that's Remington. I don't think Riley, I think Riley just said Peter Parker. Yeah, I think I he did. said the wrong thing. <laughs> that's why I yeah. went yeah. uh, He got it whatever out first, was... but he was, the, he was wrong. Uh, I'll do whatever C was. C was uh, Advanced Academics. Yeah, Peter Pine. that one. Uh, that is incorrect. Damn it. Riley. It was A, the visions of Brooklyn, whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got it right. It was A. <laughs> uh, so, Riley, on the board, one point. Brooklyn won. How many questions? Ten. This movie sucks. Ten plus the bonus round. All right. Uh, question number two. What is the book Miles has to write a report on? Is it oh. A, 1984, 
Is it B, The Odyssey? Or is it C, Great Expectations? Peter Prime. Remington. Ooh. It's C, Great Expectations. Good job. He got it. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he puts that even he spray paints it at the end. Oh, right. And it wasn't The Odyssey. Socrates, philosophy is The Odyssey. I was just trying to think of different things that you would have read in high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Nailed it. I, I read the first two. I didn't, never read Great Expectations. Oh, yeah. Me, yeah. Same. <laughs> I, I get that from both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't have any great expectations for <laughs> myself. Um, but I'm paranoid about the government, so. <laughs> so 1984 worked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it worked out, yeah. Uh, at what age? Sorry, question number three. Mm-hmm. At what age did Peter Pine start being Spider-Man? Was it A, 19, B, 16? Peter Pine. C, Remington. B, 16. Good job. Wow. 10 years of Spider-Man. I mean, he, he died at the ripe old age of 26. He already put in 10 years of service. Yeah. That's a long a time soldier. to service Spider-Man. Serve, service the New York metropolitan area. Question number four. <laughs> he serviced all of them and all of them well. How long has Peter B. Parker been Spider-Man? Ten years. Peter Ryan. Peter Ryan. Peter Ryan. Peter Ryan. <laughs> uh, Remington. <laughs> Ten. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, Peter B. Parker? Yeah. Oh no, I don't know that one. Oh, <laughs> I did the thing again. Um, I'll say 22 years. He got the point. What? <laughs> he got the oh, point. man. <laughs> wow. That was out of nowhere. Riley, he's, that starting, was to, incredible. he's starting to build up quite a lead here. That was good. I gotta give it to him. That was, that was, now it's two one or three one. Uh, it is three one. Oh, three one. I pulled up from the logo right there. Pulled up from the logo. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but net. <laughs> Eyes closed. I'm sweating. I'm sweating right now, yo. I broke out. That was crazy. Blacked out. Completely blacked out. Here All we right. go. Question number five. Why did Peter B. Parker and Mary Jane split up? Peter, Peter Pine. Riley. Dude, don't mess up. He wanted kids, or she wanted kids, and he didn't. That's correct. Nice. Good job. Here we go. Here we go. Question number six. When Miles and Peter B. Parker get burgers, what is the health department score on the restaurant? <laughs> is it A, C, is it B, D, or is it C, S? Ooh. I have the lead. I'm going to let you take it, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, Peter Pan, Peter Pan. Um, I'm going to say C, S. C, S. That is incorrect. I'm going A, C (laughs) Remington gets the point (laughs) 
Um, I, th- I thought that uh, the S was gonna was gonna trip you up because it was, it it was weird. It totally did. <laughs> it's also not it. an actual like health department score. Um, it's right, just yeah. <laughs> I just thought of a different letter. I was thinking like maybe it's like it's an alternate universe. Maybe it's weird, and so like that's maybe the line of thinking that you could go down. I don't know. I was trying S like for Spider Man. The S best Sonic the Hedgehog run is an S. It's like that. Yeah. Safe. Safe. <laughs> this restaurant is rated S for safe. <laughs> S for safe. <laughs> um, you're good. Alrighty, Riley, you're still trailing two points. Or two. Yep. Alright, okay. Question number Five. seven. Okay. What is the name of the lab that Doc Ock works in? Oh, is it A, Roxon? Is it B, AIM? Is it C, Alchemex? Irvine. Riley. Alchemex. That's it. Got the point. Yes. Got the point. Down by one. Um, one? Yeah, now down by one. I don't know about that. Uh, it's three to four, Think which would be seven. Some bad math. Which is the the, the number question that we were on. Some bad math in there. Go ahead. Go with the no. five. Um, can can either Reps. of you guys? This isn't for points. I just wanted to see if you Reps. could get this. Can you tell me what the other two company names were? No, no absolutely not. <laughs> where, where they're from? Roxon and Aim. Rocks, rock, uh, uh, oh. Ninja Turtles, Rocksteady, and Rocks on, you're thinking Bebop is, and Rocksteady, which is not oh yeah, that's what, true. Mm. That's not okay. Rocks, Rocks on was a uh, New a, York, a, a song made popular by the police. Rocks, mm. no, <laughs> uh, Rocks on is the evil company in the show Cloak and Dagger. Uh, which is no longer airing new episodes, but you can find them on Hulu, not a sponsor. Um, oh, okay. Hey, I thought it was just a bad police song where there's no bass or anything, just a bunch of keyboard bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then AIM is actually from the third Iron Man movie. Mm. It's uh, uh, yeah, Killian. Uh, What's his, is that his name? Guy Pierce, the Mandarin, his his like what is it called? Think Tank. His Think Tank is named AIM. A I M. It's an acronym for something. I didn't bother looking up the acronym. Artificial Intelligence Mafia Makers. Artificial Intelligence Mafia. Gang Gang. Alrighty, question number eight. Uh, who was Gwen fighting when she got pulled to another universe? Oh. Was it A, Doc Ock, B, the Lizard, or C, Scorpion? Ram? <laughs> I don't know. Let's just both not answer and move on. <laughs> no, I, I want to answer. Um, I'm going to say Peter Pan. Oh. Remington, go. <laughs> Doc Ock. He got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Stole it. You only see it for like a glimpse, like right after she gets pulled into the vortex, his claw like snaps at her. 
in frame for like two frames worth of uh, worth of time. It's really quick, that. but I, I remember it. all that. I remember all that. Yep. Um, the lizard from her universe was actually Peter Parker, and died wow. after she fought him. Uh, that was her. That was her best friend that died that she wasn't able right. to save. Oh, okay. He was okay, the okay, lizard okay. of her universe. Um, and mm. then Scorpion, she fights at Aunt May's house. Right. Scorpion's a bitch. He looked pretty badass that... in this version. Yeah, better than <laughs> yeah. You're right, actually. Better, much better than normal. But he's like like a person from only like the waist up, and then it's like mm. he has like just like mechanical legs <laughs> and like crazy like his his like tail thing is part of his like lower half that's not not a body anymore <laughs> he's normally pretty whack i should say i put that on uncle ben <laughs> question number nine um riley i will say before the bonus round yeah these next two questions you would have to get in order to tie going into the bonus round uh, there's okay. two more questions right. if you want to tie okay. before the bonus round um, okay. You'll have to get both of these right. Easy. Question Done. number nine. How Peter did... Pine. P- Just kidding. Fine. How did oh, Peter oh, oh. Porker become Spider-Man? Peter Pine. Remington. He was obviously bitten by a radioactive pig. Incorrect. Fuck! Excuse me. Forget oh, I'm cuss on here. Say that again. He was he was bit by a radioactive pig. No, yeah, that is correct. Sorry. Yeah, you're, okay, you're okay. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he was a spider that got bit by a radioactive pig. Radioactive pig. And became spider ham. <laughs> mm. Normal stuff. <laughs> uh, question number ten. What phone network is Miles's family on? <laughs> is it A, T-Mobile, B, C-Mobile, or C, D-Mobile? Peter Pine. Riley. 50-50 shot here. This is a trick question here, isn't it? Uh, what was B again? C-Mobile. C-Mobile. I'm going to say that one, C-Mobile. That's it. You got the point. All right. All right. It's not over. So you maintained your two down uh, (laughs) trailing uh, going into the bonus round. Bonus round. How many points are possible? Potentially eight points are up for grabs in the bonus round. That's way too many points. It's still anyone's game. Yeah, it is. I don't like any of that. I'm going to win this. I'm going to steal it so out much. from underneath you. You, you. I think you have this big lead, but... You will never... You will never overtime. steal. You will never, sti- you will never steal anything of mine, ever. Not in the history of man will you steal anything from me. I am. I'm going to steal this game. I'll protect what's mine. With my headband. Alrighty, gentlemen. You have 90 seconds to answer as many as you possibly can. Name as many villains as you can from this movie. Go. I had a feeling this was going to be a question. Wow. 
uh, while they're working on this, uh, why don't you head on down to the comment section and let us know what you think about the podcast. Uh, maybe leave a comment uh, just, uh, you know, sharing one of uh, whatever movie you think that we should do next or uh, what uh, Nicolas Cage movie we should do next. 45 seconds, gentlemen. Mm. Like, ah! Yeah, I feel like there's like an obvious one I'm not thinking. How about. many do you have? Twenty seconds. <laughs> Just dead I don't time. get uh, I don't get negative Two, points for get, one. getting one wrong. That's it. I? Pencils down. No, you don't. You only get points for correct answers. All right, and I'm a, I'm up two, right? You're up two. That's gonna really come in handy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All righty. Yeah. So, gentlemen, how many did you come up with? Seven. I, I, <laughs> there's no way I, there's no way I got all these, but I did get, I wrote down nine. <laughs> oh was, no, so you can, there was potentially me. eight so points up for so, grabs and you wrote down nine answers. <laughs> just like random villains of Spider-Man. <laughs> just right? like yeah, as just, many villains as you can think of, you wrote down. It's <laughs> exactly. It's like right. Lex Luthor was a villain, right? Lex Luthor was on here. Um, Darth Vader is on here. Okay. Anton Chigurh. I'm not going to reveal the correct answers until both of you give me your lists. Uh, Remington, we're going to start with you. Okay, okay. I have Kingpin, Doc Ock, Scorpion, Lizard, which I don't know if that's the correct terminology for that one. Uh, the Prowler, the Sandman, which I'm not sure if he was actually in the movie, and the Green Goblin. Uh, so Sandman wasn't. Um, so that leaves you with how many? Six. Six. So, Riley, you can still tie. I can get all eight you can get out all of my nine. Out of your nine. <laughs> <laughs> I like those chances. Uh, all right. Go ahead. Yeah. I've got Doc Ock, Scorpion, Wilson Fisk, Lizard, okay. Green Goblin, Prowler. The Shocker, no! Shocker. The... No! Venom. He doesn't uh vulture okay those last three weren't in the the movie (laughs) (laughs) uh so remington that means you win congratulations Uh... Mm, we uh my new nickname for riley is uncle ben because he got cooked like minute rice Ah! oh i see hey that's pretty good no uh cool (laughs) Um, I'm I'm humbled, as always. Very humbled. What's the full eight? Um, uh, So the full eight I have is Kingpin, Tombstone. Oh, Tombstone. Damn it. uh, Doc Ock, The Prowler, Green Goblin, Scorpion, The Lizard, and Nazis. (laughs) Oh, you jerk. (laughs) That's good, though. Uh, That's good. Yeah, I should have thought of that. Damn it. Get so out. we I, we got the same six then, I think, right? I yeah. believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing we didn't talk on: Green Goblin absolutely dies in this movie. Yeah, like he also dies during the the collider explosion. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Remington, you uh, you won that round. Okay. Um, yeah. Already, uh, I think that's, <laughs> that's all we got here today, uh, gentlemen. Later. Yeah. Oh, does he actually yeah, die? You, you just see him like laid out. Like you see his hand, like lifeless hand, just sitting there.
What? Is there a train going by? None of us live close to train tracks. Riley's face is lighting. What's happening? Podcast is over, full. <laughs> Someone's trying to drive into Riley's uh, recording studio. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the multiverse is opening right now, and there's going to be a bus flying into your garage.